the media landscape in America is busted. Americans are on to the omissions, the half-truths, and the outright lies being propagated against we, the people. Your host, Tom Harris, will bring you the other side of the story. In this week's episode, we'll be speaking more about what the impact is on people who live near industrial wind turbines. And I'm calling them industrial wind turbines instead of windmills because they're nothing like what we saw in Holland in centuries past. These are huge machines, 60 stories high typically, and in fact, they cause all sorts of problems for people living nearby. I'm interviewing Ruby Mecker. She's a mother, grandmother, retired dairy farmer, retired special education teacher, and an advocate for the health of people living near industrial wind turbines. Ruby is a member of the group Concerned Citizens of North Stormont, where she and her colleagues organized, fundraised, and endured, and that's probably a good word for it, endured an environmental review tribunal to the cost of over $100,000. Ruby continues to speak out against the introduction of industrial wind turbines and the negative health effects that affect those living near the turbines. They're unfortunate people, that's for sure. So welcome to the show, Ruby. Thank you, Tom, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to express my concerns about industrial wind turbines. I will make one correction. Following the court case, the group Concerned Citizens of North Stormont disbanded. Ah, I see. And, well, I guess we'll get to what happened in that court case, but to start out, can you first of all tell us what is in your environment? What, what is in your neighborhood that has concerned you? Right now, we have 29 prototype turbines, Intercon E138. Prior to this project, there was only ever one such turbine built. Mm. So we, we are being a test case. And we did file notices of non-consent with the Attorney General, Doug Downey, saying we did not consent to experimentation under the Nuremberg Code. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, not one of us received a response from Ontario's Attorney General. Mm. Yeah, wow. So, and this is all in the area around Finch, is that right? Finch, Ontario? The project area starts in Chrysler and mm, okay. proceeds south into Berwick and finishes in Finch. Originally, the plan was never to have come south of Highway 43, but because they did not have enough land for the project, they did come south of Highway 43. Mm, I see. And I understand that they've made them very close to homes. How close are they? Some of them are 571 meters. The Green Energy Act, under which this project was left from 2009, has a setback minimum of 550 meters. The problem mm -hmm. with that um, is that setback is from the middle of the turbine to the middle of one's home and they are allowed a 10-meter variance. Mm. So when you are told you're 571 meters from this center of the turbine to the center of your home, 
that's mighty close to the mm-hmm. 550 meter. And those turbines were permitted. Mm-hmm. And how large are they? They're over a 60-story building height by comparison. Wow, wow. And so they, they're turning per- pretty quickly at the tip of the blades, aren't they? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand that the, the blades may weigh as much as eight tons each. So you have these blades at the top of a 60-story high turbine zipping around at high speeds. I mean, it must cause a significant amount of noise, both in the audible spectrum and also this infrasound too, right? It certainly does. Um, I believe it's the total height is over 600 feet. Um, mm. The... The uh, tower itself is 139 meters, and the blade length is 69 meters. 69 meters? My goodness. That's like most of a football field in length. You're right. And I did send you pictures of them coming into the area, which you are welcome to share with your readership. Yeah, for sure. Because construction is also a big problem, too, isn't it? The construction process was a nightmare. Trucks flying down the roads at high speeds, dust from the uh, soil stabilization process, the noise, 24-7 construction. Originally, the township did not recognize our noise bylaws, but through persistence, we finally had them restrict construction from after 11 o'clock at night and could not start before 7 in the morning. But the project huh. was almost fully up before they followed those guidelines. Well, you think they do that just naturally as a matter of course. I mean, any loud sounds shouldn't be happening throughout the whole night. I mean, aren't there noise bylaws for your area? As I said, there are, but our township didn't enforce them. I also have to tell you, this happens in every industrial wind turbine project that I know of. Wow. And this is all to supposedly stop climate change, which is impossible in the first place. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I understand also that it makes low-frequency sound. That I, I know that you say there's a part of your home where if you go into it, you can feel the effect. Is that right? And you can't actually hear it with your ears. Yes, you are right. We have my closet, my walk-in closet, which is roughly five feet by seven feet. And multiple people have come into our home, stood in my closet, and felt something. Whether Mm -hmm. it goes from the extreme of pains in their chest, uh, tinnitus, to just a sensation, which, Tom, that's what I feel every time I go into that closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should just explain to our listening audience, infrasound is below 10 hertz, below 10 cycles per second. And these are pressure pulses, if I understand rightly, that move through the air. And actually, I was watching an Internet video last night, and they said that the shorter the wavelength, you know, 5 hertz or even down to 1 hertz cycles per second, you need enormous wide thicknesses of concrete to block it. And I guess the homes are not 
they don't have walls that are like 20 meters thick. So I guess the infrasound must go right through the wall. You're right, and it does. Now, some of that is getting um, too technical for mm-hmm. uh, my uh, response, but yeah. I do know um, Mariana Alvarez Pereira was here from Spain, and she explained that we would need a 15-meter thick wall to protect us. Yeah, My wow. closet is the smallest room in the house, and it is my understanding that those waves bounce off the walls in each room. And that's why it is worse in a home than it is mm-hmm. outside. Oh, wow. That's incredible. And, you know, it's interesting because I was also watching the fact that if they use the standard measurements, and I won't get into this in too much detail, but just so people know, they use something called DBA. DBA is actually measurement of decibels, which associate to what you would hear with your ears. But because of the fact that infrasound is below the frequency that you can hear with your ears, using DBA to measure uh, what's happening ignores the infrasound because it doesn't assess, it doesn't account for it, right? Exactly. Yeah, the regulations have got to look at something. I think it's linear uh, DBA, which or sorry, linear DB, which actually accounts for the whole spectrum. And so when people say, "Oh, you know, the noise problem is insignificant," they're just ignoring the infrasound, I guess. Yes, that mm-hmm. is my understanding. Yeah. Now, I understand that you've had some interactions with our current premier, Doug Ford. He initially recognized the scam of industrial wind turbines. Didn't he say something about stopping them when he was campaigning to be conservative leader? He certainly did, Tom. He personally shook my hand, swung his arm vehemently, and said, turbines are done. We believed, and that's why we went through the environmental review tribunal process knowing it would take until the election was over and Mm -hmm. we were counting on doug ford to follow his promise Mm -hmm. yeah now once they got into power what did they do did they stop the turbines that were currently under construction for example previously the liberal government recognizing the opposition stopped all lrp2 wind projects. Our Mm -hmm. project is an LRP1 project. There was our project, a second one called La Nation in the township of us, and one other small project. The project in La Nation was stopped. Mm. The small project went ahead because there was no opposition. People opposed the Nationwide Wind Project because we all know these turbines, one, were too big to address and be allowed to be built using the 550-meter setback when the Ontario government knew world standards were up around 2,000-meter setbacks. Oh, yeah, like in Australia, for example. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I understand also that part of the reason they chose the 550 meters had nothing to do with health. It had to do with the partitioning of 100-acre lots. Is that right? That is my understanding. From one concession to the next concession, any more than 550. For example, 
a 750 to an 850 meter setback would not allow any turbine construction with our concession roads makeup. Mm. Yeah. So so they're not really looking at health impacts when they decide how far a turbine can be from your home. It sounds like they're just doing it so that it fits into the land requirements of the area. I would agree with that statement. Uh-huh. The Ontario uh-huh. exactly. government does not care about human health when it comes to industrial wind turbines. And that has been my advocacy since 2018. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that the Minister of the Environment, Jeff Urich, uh, for Ontario at the time, uh, he was, in fact, trying to terminate the projects because of bats, but not because of people. <laughs> like, do you think they're actually putting bats ahead of people? <laughs> Tom, they do that. And I can tell you that we do have the uh, little brown bat, an endangered species in this project area. But the government, it is my understanding, cannot afford to acknowledge the health hazards and the health impacts because of the potential for liability. Mm. It could yeah. cost the country, not only Ontario, the country, millions, if not billions. Well, you know, it strikes me, they, they should have done proper health analysis before they even started these things. Because, you know, they keep saying, oh, they're concerned about, you know, the health of the environment. Well, the bats are part of the environment, and so are people, actually, for that matter. So did they really do proper health assessments before they started ramming these turbines into all these neighborhoods? No, they did not. And mm-hmm. I can go back. Um, I wrote many letters to Kathleen Wynne when she was premier, saying, all you have to do is tell the people you thought you were doing something good, saving the world, and then recognize that what you were doing was harming the people. The people Mm -hmm. then would have understood and appreciated her honesty, but she chose not to do that. Mm -hmm. And Doug Ford basically doing the same. But Doug Ford campaigned on the idea. In fact, Shelley Correa was telling me last week that she helped campaign for Doug Ford because of his promises. But he hasn't followed through. I mean, you know, for example, they've not taken down any turbines, have they? Well, uh, Tom, I also campaigned for Doug Ford. And believe it or not, I told people, vote conservative. You can trust Doug Ford. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. so sad to think of my innocence in doing yeah. that. As far yeah, as a, a project being taken down, ours hadn't started construction. The White Pines project in Todd Smith's riding was operational. Yeah, Probably sorry, you better there, say who Todd Smith is. Uh, he is the current Minister of Energy. Well, the project was up and operational, and funnily enough, the Ford government could pass legislation that required the turbines to be taken down. Meanwhile, the Nation Rise Wind Project, whose approval was done in the last week, the last few days of Kathleen Wynne's uh, mandate, clearly in the caretaker period, was allowed to proceed. Hmm. Wow. 
So do you think they took it down in Todd Smith's writing because um, it was his writing and he had to get reelected someday? He actually ran on that platform that if he was elected, the turbines would be taken down, is my understanding. Wow. And so they're, they're dangerous to his people, but not to other people? Well, Jim McDonnell had represented this riding for a number of years. And what was interesting was he fully supported the concerned citizens of North Stormont. He would come out to our meetings. He met with us. And after the election, it was a total about faith. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I understand they had something, as you're describing, called the White Pines Termination Act. So they're quite capable of stopping and even taking down turbines if they want to. It's called political will. If you have noticed Premier Ford's close alliance with the prime minister, I personally feel that the only reason Nation Rise was allowed to proceed was because it is southeast of the capital of Canada, and clearly the Prime Minister of Canada wants a green capital. Mm, Yeah. So again, it's politics, because if he took down the White Pines wind turbine area, and I won't call it a farm because it's farm's the wrong term, if, if he cancelled that, then presumably he could do it anywhere and That would be, and by the way, did they give an excuse for canceling the White Pines uh, wind farms? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm thinking is if they said it was a health hazard, then I guess that would give you a... Well, they didn't say that. No, they did not. (laughs) They would not. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you know, it strikes me that within the government, they have a deep state that don't change from premier to premier, of course. These are employees of the government who you don't see necessarily on the surface. Certainly, you don't see them in the media. And that's a problem all over the world, that the deep state don't change even when you change the government. And, you know, we saw that with with Trump, for example. I mean, he tried to drain the swamp, as he called it, and he was only slightly successful. These people are pretty... Yeah, they're pretty secure in their position, aren't they? I recently uh, did a paper that showed back in 2009 the one member of the Ministry of Environment actually cared about the people and tried to get help. Alternatively, mm-hmm. throughout the following years, the employees of the ministry continued just to parrot phrases, meaningless phrases that Mm -hmm. are very frustrating for the people. We know Mm -hmm. their lives. For example, they frequently say they review current and up-to-date science, but they never once offer a source. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Which was rather interesting because in 1965, the Bradford Hill Report for Causality was established. There's um, a certain number of criteria that have to be met to prove that that's the reason things happen. Well, the Bradford Hill criteria has now been used with um, industrial wind turbine impacts, and now it is known that these turbines meet the criteria to cause adverse health to people and animals. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I was on a call earlier today, 
with Frank Lassay, who was a senator in Wisconsin, and he said that what they're suspecting there is that people who are susceptible to motion sickness, you know, like seasickness or whatever, they're actually more susceptible to the turbines. Do you, have, you ever, have you ever seen a correlation between those two? No, I haven't. Yeah, well, that would be interesting to find out. Now, when you walk out your back door, you're not personally that close, or are you? How close are you to the turbines? The closest turbine to me is 1,400 and some meters. The problem with our home is um, there are three turbines, one to the north, one to the east, and one to the south. That Mm -hmm. means we are in a cluster. And when you live in a cluster of turbines, the impacts are elevated. And there are some people in the community in clusters of 15. Mm, wow. Wow. And, and some of them, like one of the fellows that you took me to, actually, he actually has a turbine just at the minimum distance, doesn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. And there was and, one thing who moved. Yeah. He, he was saying also that it interferes with Internet. And, you know, it's interesting because... You and I had to struggle for half an hour trying to get this phone call started because we couldn't get connected properly through Internet. And we finally did it through telephone, and we're actually on telephone right now. But, um, yeah, so he found that the Internet was interfered with severely by the broadcast radio signals from the controlling devices that he had right near his home. Um, It's interesting. I walked over there, and it said, high voltage. You don't want to be there for too long, do you? No. You don't. Yeah. But again, the Ministry of Environment, the people feel, are working with the wind companies and not the people. For example, you talk about the Internet. Whenever anyone contacts the ministry about the Internet, they are told that it is up to them to contact their provider and find out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas our environmental... Our renewable energy agreement stated that if there are problems, that the proponent is the one that should be finding a solution. Well, of course, yeah, because if if the solution is that they don't put turbines there, they're the ones that should cancel it. You know, like it, it strikes me they're putting the onus on the wrong people, right? They definitely are, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And and the laugh of it is, laugh in an ironic sense, not a happy sense, is that the turbines, once they're wear out, uh, didn't the farmers, they're, be, they're being told, oh, you can keep the turbine now. <laughs> well, we haven't reached that stage yet. We did have one turbine that needed a blade replacement. Now, as I mentioned, these Enercon E138 are prototypes. And we learned that in Europe, one there was a group of three turbines that had to be taken down because of the very serious blade issues. Mm-hmm. I reported that to the ministry and was told that they talked to the proponent, EDP Renewables, and were told that EDP didn't think they had any problems with the blades. Public was never given the explanation as to why the blade turbine had to be replaced. Now, if you go on our Facebook, you will see a video of this massive 69-meter long blade 
I believe it was cut up in three pieces. I cannot confirm that. I do not know. But we have video of a giant clamp shaking that blade apart with the dust Mm. and particles and everything else floating through the air for some distance. Believe it or not, the Ministry of Environment told me that it is up to the proponent to determine the classification of waste, whether it is toxic or non-toxic. And at that point in time, the Ministry of Environment had no no environmental concerns Mm, with the breakup of that blade. Yeah, yeah. So just for people who've joined the interview late, because some people come in partway through, can you tell us what are the symptoms, the wind turbine syndrome? What, what, what do people feel typically? A big one is tinnitus or ringing in their ears. Mm-hmm. You get heart palpitations. You get uh, chest pain, anxiety. And a lot of people have great difficulty in sleeping And I understand that when they do think they are sleeping, they are not in the good state of sleep. Mm -hmm. And again, the Ministry of Environment tries to say, well, they're just annoyed. And they compare it to a dog barking. Mm -hmm. But we all know when a dog barks, the uh, SPCA can be called in and the dog can be uh, made to kept in the house or whatever is needed to stop the barking. But yeah, because it, it affects comes, people. Yeah, Exactly. But when it comes to the wind turbines, the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Environment are doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was watching some videos, as I say, last night, in which they're doing tests of heart muscle and other parts of the body, other organs with low-frequency sound, and they're finding really bad effects. I mean, this sounds like a bloody nightmare that's unfolding across the world because there's over a third of a million wind turbines, industrial wind turbines. And so this may be a huge, well, it is obviously a huge health hazard that is being just covered up for now. I have sent that same information to the chief medical officer of health, the medical, local medical officer of health, and MECP, again, Mm -hmm. with no response. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Well, we're going to go for a break right now. And in the second part of our interview, I'm hoping you can tell us more about why you think they're bringing the turbines in. Like, what is the rush here? And the second thing I'm hoping you can talk about is how you would advise other people who are, uh, you know, in neighborhoods that they're considering bringing wind turbines. Like, what should they do? So, uh, Ruby, we'll be right back after the break. So stay tuned. Thanks, Tom. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. 
Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Okay, I'm back with Ruby Mecker, and she, as I say, is a retired teacher, and she's an advocate for health of people that live near industrial wind turbines. So, Ruby, you've actually had some interactions with the Eastern Ontario Health Unit. Can you tell us about that and what they found? Did they take it seriously? What sort of information did you present to them? Just give us a rundown on that. Thank you for giving me that opportunity, Tom. Nation Rise and the Eastern Ontario Health Unit isn't the only one to experience similar affairs like what we have gone through. It started when I first learned, as I said, about the industrial wind turbines, and I contacted our medical officer of health, and he graciously came out to our home with his staff and had an opportunity to speak with Carmen Crow via telephone, Carmen is a peer-reviewed author who shares information about industrial wind turbines and health effects. Mm -hmm. In so doing, Carmen followed up and and sent Dr. Romeo Lotus, is his name, a, a summary of what was discussed. October 20, 2020, Dr. Romeo Lotus sent to the township of North Stormont a letter and a report from the Public Health Ontario. What he said in the letter did not 
coincide or agree with what was said in the report. When I asked him to reconcile his statement with his report, I did not receive an answer. Mm. We then invited the Board of Health to come for a visit, at which time one board member did, and after discussion and after touring the area, we gave her a booklet with our concerns in it, with copies for the Medical Officer of Health and the Chairperson of the Eastern Ontario Board of Health. Mm -hmm. Following that, I still did not receive any conciliatory letter with the statement and the report. So the following winter, I filed a complaint with the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, saying I simply wanted the letter withdrawn and the report cautioned to protect people so that Mm -hmm. wind companies wouldn't use the letter as proof or reason to put forward more wind turbine projects. The The College of Physicians denied my request, so I sent it again to the president, and I said, please review what I submitted. I submitted comments from over 30 experts around the world, and I honestly don't believe it was even looked at. It Hmm. sounds like the college felt he did his duty, he did some research, he wrote a letter, so therefore he did what was required. They did not Hmm. look content or comment on the content of the letter or the report. So then I took it to the HPARB, which Mm -hmm. is over the CPSO, even though at that time, the college reprimanding doctors for um, giving out misinformation that could be misleading or deceptive. Yeah, on COVID, right? Yeah. But the- so another, because I'll just read something here, which I think people would find interesting. The Health Protection and Promotion Act, it defines a health hazard as A, a condition of a premises, B, a substance thing, plant or animal other than man, or a solid, liquid, gas or combination of the above that has or that is likely to have an adverse effect on the health of any person and under the community health protection. Uh, and it requires blah, blah, blah. And it goes on talking about it, and they have to determine whether health hazard exists or not. Well, did they do that? Did the Ontario government actually, Ministry of Health, did they do a proper investigation to determine if a health hazard exists or not? A health hazard was initiated in North Stormont, in the Eastern Ontario Health Unit. Another one was initiated in Haldeman, Norfolk, and a third in Huron County, none Mm -hmm. of which have made the final determination. Does a health hazard exist or does a health hazard not exist? At no time has the Ontario government ever stated that a health hazard does not exist. And they've had three years, right, since some of these things were started. They've had since 2009 or 2007. 
Oh, wow. So there's no time excuse. No, there is not. We also have Dr. Ian Era, who worked with Hazel Lynn, Dr. Hazel Lynn in Gray Bruce. And he, too, is well aware of um, our concerns. But as yet, um, I have not seen any announcement. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a sort of strategy question. It strikes me that, I mean, we know that wind turbines are driven because of the climate scare. You know, supposedly it's going to help stop climate change and all that. If you can kill the climate scare, then one of the main reasons for the wind turbines disappears. So do you think that wind turbine, uh, anti-wind turbine people in other communities should start trying to dismantle and take the legs out from under the climate scare? Would that make sense as part of their strategy? I think the two are well connected. We sometimes feel that the wind turbine companies came up with the idea of free wind. Isn't that clean and green? You just happen to need a massive turbine and massive cabling to make this free wind available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet they're totally different to windmills of the old days, aren't they? I mean, 60 stories high. Apparently, when the blade passes, and there's three of them, when the blade passes across the uh, the shank or the, the tower of the turbine, that it causes a boom, a big wind pulse, uh, an, an air pulse, which, of course, is producing not only the sound, but the infrasound. And, and that is, of course, very much um, an, you know a health hazard. So, I mean... If the climate scare is driving this, do you see anti-wind turbine people actually trying to kill the climate scare, or are they they afraid to do that? The climate change people are not looking at the environmental cost of construction, delivering, installing, maintaining, blade disposal. They're ignoring all of that talk. If they truly understood that part alone and the short lifespan, not to mention the killing of birds and bats, not to mention the destruction of water aquifers, not to mention human health, they might recognize there is nothing green about industrial wind turbines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet they call it clean energy, green energy. You know, Shelley Korea, she says that the climate scare, uh, you know, and the Green Energy Act, which has been rescinded. But I understand that, you know, that we thought was a great success. But somehow they're still continuing with the turbines anyways. Like, with the Green Act being taken out, that didn't end the wind turbines, did it? No, it didn't. Shortly after Doug Ford's first election, the people of North Stormont met with some of the ministers in Toronto. And Mm -hmm. I believe that's the day they actually voted to abolish the Green Energy Act. But what they didn't broadcast was that in so doing, they left the existing and in-process projects under the old Green Energy Act. Mm. the ERO 0134265. And they added the words in process, I believe, to ensure the Nation Rise Wind Project would be included. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all of the now in Ontario are 
still operating under the old Green Energy Act. Except, and it is my understanding that the Melanchthon Wind Project in the current Minister of Health riding was pre-Green Energy Act, and the setbacks for that project are less than 550 meters. And that project, the highest number of noise complaints of any wind project, and yet the Ford government extended that contract to 2031. It should have ended in 2025. Those people have endured already almost 20 years of womp, womp, womp. And this government who campaigned in 2018 on the scam of industrial wind turbines extended the life of that contract to 2031. Wow. So what you thought was going to really help, namely killing the Green Energy Act, it really didn't help that much. Didn't do a thing. Yeah. Now, it strikes me that the medical officer of health of Eastern Ontario, I mean, surely he has a responsibility. He's mandated to actually tell people about the potential health effects of industrial wind turbines. I mean, does he actually make people aware of the potential health effects? Not to the best of my knowledge. Even Mm. though a few years ago when they built a smaller project, one of the prior deputy wardens has a letter, and she certified to me that it was the current a medical officer of health for the Eastern Ontario that was aware of health issues of the turbines. And Mm -hmm. still, he did not make any of us aware of the potential impacts. It was just a cover-up. Nothing to stop them. Yeah, so this is a cover-up. And what was the excuse the College of Physicians and Surgeons gave for not finding you know, the doctor who's the medical officer of health for Eastern Ontario, why didn't they find him liable? Why didn't they actually charge him? Because my understanding is they felt he had done his duty. He had Mm. done research and written a report. Well, bully for him, eh? I mean, that's not it. That's part of his job, but that should lead to something, not just saying, oh, yeah, here we go, here's the report, and then do nothing. I mean, could he have a significant impact, if he wanted to, on getting these turbines closed down? I believe he could. As mm-hmm. as Tom, the three other medical officers, or the three other health in Ontario that are well aware, and two of which have initiated also a health hazard investigation. Mm-hmm. And yet here's a tweet from the CPSO, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, Back in April 2021, they said physicians who make the public at risk may face an investigation by the CPSO and disciplinary action where warranted. And yet that exactly fulfills the, you know, what's happening in your circumstance, yet they're not just simply. So it's the CPSO that are not doing their job, too. Well, as is the HPARB, because I used that tweet in my submission to the HPARB. Mm -hmm. And still it was denied. Oh, wow. Now, Shelley Correa suggested that 
the things that people should do when they know that there's plans to bring a wind turbine facility into their neighborhood is, first of all, they should learn about it. They should learn about the health hazards. They should read cases, listen to interviews like this one. But what else should they do? Should they be going public with the media? Or do you think it's enough to just write to their political uh, representatives just one-on-one? I can only go from or speak to my own experience. I knew nothing about industrial wind turbines. If it wasn't for the courageous leadership of the concerned citizens of North Stormont, I still would not have. But Mm -hmm. knowing what I know, I believe that is the key, making people aware and understanding. So last year, we had a group of students from Carleton University And in working with the professor, he asked me a very similar question to what you just did. I suggested to him that he have his students look at Sygration.com, S-Y-G-R-A-T-I-O-N.com. That is the website where Ontario's power production recorded hourly by source. The first Uh one you will see is nuclear. Underneath that is hydro. Underneath that is gas, then wind, then solar, then other. And it Uh is really interesting. Out of 17,000 megawatts in one hour, I have seen wind from all the turbines in Ontario as low as 33 megawatts. 33. And what, would be, what, would, what would be the maximum typically? With For wind turbines? Yeah. In the summer, it's very low because it's hot and no wind. Yeah. They When they do generate power, it is normally at night. Again, mm-hmm. when people are trying to sleep. So probably be hundreds of megawatts at night then when they don't need the power as much. <laughs> well, What's good about Cygration is anyone can go to that site, whether you're a university student, pro-wind or anti-wind, you can look at that site and see and understand that without gas plants in Ontario, we could be frequently in blackout situations. What is interesting, right. is, what is interesting too, is there are two plants Sarnia and Windsor gas plants, you will never see those shut off because those are the cities with industry in Ontario and they require a reliable, steady source of power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing that Shelley was saying communities should do is they should educate the people in the community because most people are just simply not aware of this until it's too late, right? Exactly. And I can speak to the city of Ottawa uh, to that degree. The landowners of Ontario did a wonderful job doing exactly that. They sent out flyers to all of the rural areas explaining the, the challenges with any wind project, including what happens to landowners when they sign an industrial wind lease. Mm-hmm. And what does happen? <laughs> Once you sign a lease, 
you cannot say anything detrimental. For example, should you end up with tinnitus or heart palpitations or damaged well, you can't say anything. You cannot tell them where to put the access roads. They mm -hmm. can put them wherever they want. You have basically lost all of your rights to your land. Yeah. Or Imagine... Imagine if you bought a car and part of the conditions of buying the car were that you could not tell anybody when the car breaks down. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. You, you, you know, you'd say, well, what are they hiding? Like, why do they not want us to tell people about the car? So, I mean, that really the whole point of the gag order, it really makes people think like, wow, what are they hiding here that they actually have to make it part of a legal document? preventing the landowner from saying the negative effects. I mean, that in itself should raise a huge red flag for the government to say, Mr. Wind Turbine Company, why do you insist they not talk? Like, what is it that you're afraid they'll say? Like, that to me should be really, really publicized, don't you think? Oh, I definitely agree. Alternatively, why would any landowner sign a lease when he reads that section of it? Well, probably because they're paying them a lot of money. How much do they pay them typically? I honestly don't know. It varies. Um, I'm mm -hmm. hearing 30000 per turbine, uh, and I could be wrong because, obviously, I don't have one, and I don't want one. Yeah, and also because they can't talk about the terms because they're under a gag order, it's hard to find out. <laughs> exactly. Yes. As, like that, as, I, I think out of the whole thing that we're discussing today, that, to me, stands out as the, the big red flag. The fact that the wind turbine companies force people who are agreeing to these contracts to get the money to put turbines up on their land, they don't want, they are forcing by law you not to tell anybody else about the impacts on you and your health and your family. I mean, surely that, as I say, that has got to be a major point. I'm going to have to bring that up in articles for sure. And it's definitely a really important part. Mm -hmm. I don't know why anyone would sign a lease if they fully understood what it included. Yeah. Well, I guess it's the money. I mean, they can make a lot of money just by leasing their land out. They don't have to actually do any farming, uh, you know. And, well, and I guess what does, it, what does it do? Yeah, what does it do to their relations with their neighbors when a neighbor says no and then the next neighbor right beside them puts up wind turbines? I mean, that must really cause hard feelings. In every community that a wind project has been built, I understand there are uh, family uh, discussions and, and difficulties and problems, uh, community, churches. It's really sad what happens. For example, and I must point out that another problem is you have landowners who don't reside in the township. And for oh, example, wow. the turbine north and south of us, the land is leased by a non-North Stormont landowner. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So they're leaving your neighborhood to suffer, and they don't suffer because they're not there. Exactly. And as Jeez. one farmer said who did not sign, if it's not good for my neighbor, it's not good for me. 
Well, yeah. Now, that's a that's a compassionate, neighborly way to behave. I mean, obviously, those signing the document are being very unneighborly. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. So can you recommend to the audience what web pages they should visit, you know, groups that are getting together to oppose wind turbines? We ourselves have initiated a Facebook page called Industrial Wind Action Canada. And because I'm in touch with people literally around the world, I try and share as much information as I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, there's a group, uh, Shelly, oh, sorry, Sherry, Sherry Lang. She leads the group, right? It's North American Coalition yes. Against Wind Turbines. What's that called again? North American Platform Against Wind. Oh, okay. I'll put that down in the notes after, you know, following the, uh, when this goes to podcast, Pat Platform Against Wind. Okay, that's good. Yes. Yeah, so they, they're a good source as well, I guess. Yes, they are. We try to use scientific documents that clearly MECP and the Ministry of Health are not reviewing or not acknowledging the content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's the website. I just looked it up. North American Platform Against Wind Power. It's na-paw.org. That's a Sherry Lang's group, and that uh, that looks like pretty significant stuff here. That's for sure. And I will definitely include the link to your Facebook page. So it sounds like one of the key ingredients here is that people who live in jurisdictions where wind turbines are being proposed should learn about it. They should, you know, get in touch with you through the Facebook page, which will list under the podcast. They should look at this North American. Uh, platform against wind power. They should educate their neighbors and encourage everybody to stand up against it. It strikes me also that you need a fair bit of courage to do this, right? Because the pressure to stop climate change is huge. I mean, they want to, you know, basically change our whole energy infrastructure. Have you found it, you know, threatening in any way to speak out against the turbines? No, I haven't. I would like to present information that I can document I like to point out that the people in the rural areas are really keen environmentalists because you know as well as I do, if farmers don't take care of their land, the land will not be productive. Yeah, exactly. And again, for these farmers who sign leases, I welcome them to come and tour and see the access roads, some of which run from one road right through their property to the other. And yeah. as I said, the landowner has no say in where these access roads go. Uh-huh. For example, yeah. have observed the plan. The access road goes right to the back of the property, to the mm-hmm. property law. Well, unfortunately, Ruby, we're out of time. You know, I just wanted to bring up one quick point before we end, and that is last night I was reading that, in fact, the infrasound effect on animals is pretty significant. You know, one fellow who had a chicken uh, farm, he actually found that chickens were laying much thinner eggs. uh, And when they moved the chickens to an area that was far from the wind turbines, you know what the first thing the chickens did? They slept for four days straight. (laughs) So it's not just people, it's animals that are affected as well, right? But sadly, the Ministry
Ministry of Agriculture is led by Minister Lisa Thompson, who is who spoke out loudly, vehemently opposing, asking for moratoriums on all industrial wind turbine projects. Uh-huh. As minister as Minister of Agriculture has not addressed any of the issues of the wind huh. turbine on agricultural land. So in other words, she spoke out against them, but her ministry is not working on it. That was pre-2018. Mm-hmm. Is she still but doing yeah. it? Is she still speaking out against the turbines? No, and mm-hmm. has not yeah. since 2018. Yeah, so we got to hold her to account as, as well. Well, we've got to wrap up, unfortunately, Ruby. We're out of time. But I really appreciate it, and I do encourage people, do look up the Facebook page that we're going to list under the podcast, as well as the North American Platform Against Wind Power at na-paw.org. So this is Tom Harris with my guest, Ruby Mecker, talking about industrial wind turbine health, signing out from the other side of the story. (laughs) 